Oh, let's do that a little while longer. Let's bless him today. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give him praise. My praise is not predicated on my day, not predicated on my week. It's based on who he is. He's God and he's worthy of all of my praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So thankful to be in the house of the Lord, to feel what we feel in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You know, that song is written after a verse in the book of Job. And it was written and ultimately prayed by a man that just went through the worst day in human history outside of maybe the crucifixion of Jesus. And he declared, I'm going to bless the Lord. Amen. He did not wait to see whether things were going to turn around for better. That's how many of us are. We are waiting, got our finger in the air, just checking for the wind. If it looks like it's going to turn around, I'll praise him. But Job said, whether it turns around or not, I've made it up in my mind. I'm going to bless him. Hallelujah. And I believe that's the heartbeat of every individual. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 4. I want to say several things. It's good to have Sister Sorling in the house of the Lord. We love you, sis. We're glad to see you. And uh, also, amen, what a great job the music team did tonight. Amen. They enabled me to sit with my wife in church. I haven't yet had the chance to do that in a minute, and so I was blessed very much so to do that. Amen. You know, if you, if you have the opportunity to praise and worship God next to your spouse, you might as well do it. Amen. Yeah, and there's some folks, they, don't, they choose not to do it, but if you got the opportunity, just praise God together. Amen. A family that prays together and praises together stays together. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. I feel when I came back from summit, several things that God put in my spirit. But I believe this next upcoming Wednesday, we're going to start uh, teaching our search for truth as we go through the Word of God. And, uh, you know, as you're turning in your Bibles, by the show of hands, this is not to embarrass anybody. Who in this building, outside of a... a a Bible study on the on baptism in Jesus name outside of a salvation Bible study who here has not received a Bible study from somebody raise your hand there's a couple people now there's some folks say man I've I'm not talking about church church don't count church don't count amen now how many people in the building have received a Bible study raise your hand okay amen so for those that have I'm going to teach you a Bible study this is going to be as one-on-one. Now, there will be a bunch of people in the building. This will be one-on-one. Amen. And I'm going to do my best to teach it to you. And for those that haven't received a Bible study, you're going to get a first Bible study you've had. Amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Now, is that saying you just... Talk the same talk? No. Although that is implied. Man, there's not to be multiple answers for the same question. 
We should all speak the same thing, but it's ultimately talking about the biblical concept of conversation. Paul talked about your conversation in Christ, not your communication as far as uh, verbal, but it's your lifestyle. And this is what Paul is writing. He's basically saying that your life would speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. Man, the epistles are all written to the churches. He's dealing with church folk. Amen, because if we're not careful, we all get a little division going once in a while. We all get a little crossways once in a while, don't we? Because we're all human. And he said, don't let there be any divisions. If, and you need to go back to conversing and speaking and living the same thing so that there won't be any divisions among you. Hold the same ethic. Have the same culture. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Amen. Set aside personal preferences and personal ideas for the greater good and for the common goal, for the common culture. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Just give you a minute to flip over there. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Vocation, employment, job, but he's not talking about work in the world. He's talking about work in the kingdom. We have all been brought into the kingdom of God, and we are all ambassadors of this kingdom, and we are to walk worthy of that vocation, called to be saints, called to be Christians, every person from the pulpit to the pew. Amen. He said, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, being patient with one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We are peace. Amen. We are to be peaceful people. There is one body, not two, not three, not five, not four. Amen. Well, I don't feel like Everybody in the church is part of, well, if you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, we're part of one body. One body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. This is a shared experience. Amen. This is, if I could add one more thing to this. He's saying this is one culture, one culture. Another verse, he said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. He said, because we've all been, we've all been born again into one spirit. Amen. I want to take this concept and I want to teach to us for a few moments on this subject. Culture matters. Culture matters. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray Hallelujah. Would you pray with us here today that God would help us as we dive into the word of the Lord and as we learn. Amen. God, I pray that you'd help me to articulate this concept. I know there's so many facets to this that I could take the next six months really diving into this. And maybe we will one day. But God, I pray that you would help me to just articulate this in a way that we all can learn and grow and continue in the calling and continue to walk worthy of the calling wherewith we have been called in Jesus name and everybody said amen God bless you, you may be seated amen culture matters 
culture is not just a buzzword or a trendy topic. Culture is the sum of our beliefs, our values, and our behaviors as a church community. It is what we stand for and how we interact with each other and with the world around us. As apostolic Christians, we are called to live in a community with one another, to love and to serve each other as Christ has loved us and has served us such a great salvation. And the culture of our church here at Apostolic Revival Center plays a critical role in how well we are able to live out this calling. A positive and healthy church culture can inspire us to be our best selves, to strive for excellence, and to work together to achieve a common goal and a common mission to reach our community. It can create a sense of belonging and connection where everyone feels valued and included. But this is not the job solely of the pastor or of a leader. It is a community effort. Culture is not done by one person. It is done by one body. Amen. And if you're in this building today, I want to tell you, welcome to the body. Amen. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the bride of Christ. Amen. We are all part of that vocation. On the other hand, a toxic or a negative church culture can be incredibly damaging. It can breed gossip, conflict, and disunity. It can discourage people from getting involved or even attending church services. It can drive people away from our community instead of drawing them in. I just want to tell you, culture matters. I, I want to make sure that we understand here tonight, culture really does matter. Now, I'm not here today uh, to rebuke or to reprove. That might be for another time. I think that we have and we are developing an incredible culture here at Apostolic Revival Center. But I want to reiterate to us here tonight how important that culture is. That culture is worth fighting for. That culture is worth praying for. That culture is even worth dying for. Amen. Culture matters. This is why it's so important for us to live intentionally and to cultivate a positive, healthy culture within our church. This takes everybody's investment. This is an all-hands-on-deck thing. Amen. We need to be intentional about the values that we uphold, the behaviors that we model, and the ways that we interact with one another. Amen. Nothing we do is by accident. Now, I, I understand that sometimes we don't always see the big picture, but we must always keep in our mind that Jesus has called us into this church and into this city and into this community, and he did not place you here by accident. I love what one preacher told me. He said this, he said to his church, he said, you are as much called to this church as I am. Amen. We often talk about the pastor's calling to a city and the pastor's calling to a church. But I want to tell you, as much as the pastor is called, amen, as much as the pastor's family is called, amen, every individual in this building, you have been called to this house. You have been called to this church. You may never sing, you may never preach, you may never have a title or a position, but I want to tell you, you are valuable in the church. You have been called for such a time as this to such a place as this. 
I'll tell you why. Because it's going to take you being connected to the body, amen, to help cultivate the culture that we need for this city to be saved. Oh, somebody give the Lord some praise. Praise God. We, we've got to be intentional. Everything we do, amen, here's, here's the ultimate uh, story, if I were to bo- break it down. If we are not intentional, we just live haphazardly, we will reach a destination. Amen. I dare you to get in your car and just get on a road and start driving. You'll end up somewhere, but it may not be where you want to be. But when you pull out your GPS and you make an intentional effort, I am going to go here. You will follow those instructions. And sometimes we are going to have to recalibrate. Sometimes we're going to have to make some adjustments and some changes. Let me help us here today. When it comes to culture, we've got to be willing to adapt. We've got to be willing to mold and shape. I said this a couple weeks ago, but church, amen, at 100 will not be the same as church at 50. And there are people that get comfortable, amen, with church at 50, amen, where, uh, where they, they feel like they've got complete access to everybody. And in fact, in those size churches, typically everybody's related in some way, shape, or form. But as God grows his church, the culture adapts to the changes that God is making. Amen. And if we keep our ethos right, if we keep our spirit right, if we keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, it doesn't matter how big the body grows. We're still part of the body. Amen. I want to tell you, don't, don't, don't shut down revival because you want to have church uh, the way it's always been. Uh, don't shut down the things God's doing because you want to just have it the way it's always been because it's more comfortable. I, I want to tell you, you can grow in the culture. You can grow as the church grows, and, and God will always have a place for you in the body. Don't, don't feel like you're going to be pushed out or pushed aside. You'll always have a place in the body. As the body grows, amen. There are uh, the body; it can hold more, uh, more, more blood. It can hold more. It's got the ability to eat more. Praise God! As the body grows, but that doesn't mean that you are invaluable and that you are that you are you are now tossed aside. Amen. That's not to say that you're no longer needed. Amen. Just because I grew from uh, three feet to not quite six foot, I was really hoping for that. Probably all that coffee I drank as a kid. Yeah, stunning my growth, praise God. There's some folks in the house of the Lord, you just blame it on the coffee, praise Zacchaeus is in the house of the Lord. But, you know, that didn't change my need for my, my kidneys. It didn't change my need for my liver. I still needed those things. And there's people, you're so afraid, amen, I feel it in the spirit, so afraid of the church growing that you're going to lose something. I want to tell you, you're not losing nothing, you're gaining something. You're going to gain more brothers. You're going to gain more sisters. You're going to gain more friends. I want to tell you, a growing church is a happy church. Hallelujah. A growing church, amen, is a happy church. When people are growing, well, I just like the way it's been. I, I want to be able to take the pastor out for beignets. Praise God. We ain't got that out here. Amen. But I can't do that no more. But I want to tell you what, God's going to bring you a whole group of people. Where you can go out to Denny's anytime you want. Well, and they're going to be a lot more fun than I am. <laughs> and uh, But there's some folks, they don't like that. They don't like the, the growth because growth means I, I feel like I am losing something. That's why people resist change because they don't know the beauty that change is going to bring. 
And all they can focus on is the pain that change brings. But as a church, we've got to be intentional. Everything we do is to produce growth. In fact, if there's anything that is damaging or toxic to the body, even, even in our natural state, our body does everything to eradicate it. And uh, let me just say this on the outset. We've got to be careful that, that our spirit stays right. Because everybody in this building, if our spirit gets wrong, from the pastor down, amen, God will, God, he didn't want to replace us, but he will. Because it's all about the body growing. It's all about the church going forward. It's all about people being saved. And if, if I, as a pastor, ever become a hindrance to that, God will remove me and put somebody else in there because he wants his body to grow. He wants people to be saved. So we've all, everybody got to keep our spirit right so we can keep the culture moving forward, so we can keep the kingdom moving forward, so we can keep having a revival. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. And as the body of Christ, we have the opportunity to create a culture that reflects the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. We can create it here. Amen. Let me just say this. It starts in the church. It starts in the church, and it makes its way everywhere else. This is why it's so important to come to church, because we're articulating ideas and ideals that are to be, to be lived out. Amen. Church is not the end-all, be-all. Church is the training ground. It's the boot camp. It's where you come and get equipped. Amen. When we get ready to go through the Bible and teach a Bible study, that is not just so we can become more knowledgeable. But And that is the case. We want that to, be, uh, that to happen. But what we are trying to do is create a culture where you feel confident enough to share what you've learned with somebody else. Where it goes from one of us teaching a Bible study to five of us to 20 of us to 30 to everybody in the building finds somebody that is not part of the kingdom and they invite them over for barbecue and they take them out to coffee and they share the good things of the Lord. Amen. Everything we're doing has got to be intentional. We are creating a culture that is the culture of Jesus Christ. Everything we've taught, Beatitudes, and what went through holy habits, everything like that, amen, we are representing the culture that we want. We want the culture of Jesus Christ. We can show the world what it means to love one another, to forgive one another, and to work together towards a common goal. Amen. What hope does the world have if the church doesn't have it? If, 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 what, what hope does the world that is so dis discombobulated because of somebody's differences and somebody's uh, opinions and the polarizing of our world and and uh, well you voted for this person so we can't be friends and well you're this skin tone so we can't get together what hope does a world that 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 is that divided have if the church is just as divided this is why we we continue as a church church we are we've got to stay amen in unity we've got to stay let there be no dissection in the body let there be no schism as paul said in the body uh, we've got to come together in the bond of peace uh, amen that says regardless of your background we're brothers and sisters regardless of your skin tone we're brothers and sisters regardless of your affiliation with a political party we're we're going to be united in Jesus because our culture goes beyond the flesh. It goes into the spirit. Amen. So as apostolic believers, our church, the church is more than an event that happens several times a week. This is just the training ground. Church, amen, starts here in the building, but it exits the building as soon as you leave the building and you become the church. And now that culture doesn't just stay in the building. Amen. Let me tell you, we've got a great culture of worship. I thank God for our culture of worship. I thank God that, amen, people worship exuberantly. But can, can I just let somebody in on a little secret? You don't just have to praise God at church. 
We've got a great culture of testifying uh, to our brothers and sisters what the Lord has done. But I can let you in on a little secret. You can tell the Denny's worker as well. You can tell your boss what good things the Lord is doing. Because the culture was never meant to stay in the building. The culture was not just to be something we did on Sunday. It was who we are. And we take that culture everywhere we go. We take it to Walmart. We take it to Target. You take it to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. You take it everywhere you go and you share it. The culture is who we are. Amen. It's a lifestyle that we embody in our everyday lives. Every time we come to church, we are reaffirming our culture. Amen. That is what we are doing because you, you and I go out in the world and we see people that are living however they want to live, talking however they want to talk, dressing however they want to dress. Amen. And for us to come to church is not to just have a club where we all say, well, we all agree and let's just us four and no more. No, it's so we can come together and it reminds us this is the reason we come to church. This is the reason we have church conferences so we can come together and we see one another. And if you can do it, I can do it. And then I leave the building and I take that culture. I don't change my culture of the king to match the kingdoms of this world's culture. I don't change who I am in Jesus when I exit the building. No, I let this light of mine shine. I take it everywhere I go. I, I live this way on Sunday. I live this way on Monday. I, I dress this way on Sunday. I dress this way on Monday. I talk this way at church, and I talk this way at Walmart. Everywhere I go, the culture goes with me. Come on, somebody give him praise because the culture's not what we do. The culture's who we are. Oh, somebody give him praise. We are to display this culture to the world. We are to let everybody know this is the greatest thing known to man. If you, if you feel about the church that it's terrible, you don't want to be there, amen, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. And, and maybe it's because you don't know any alternative. Or maybe it's been so long since you were out of church that you forgot what the Lord's done for you. But I remember, I don't know about you, does anybody remember? I want to tell you, I, rem I remember being up all night crying because I was depressed and suicidal. I remember what it was to not have peace in my home. I remember what it was for my mind to be playing tricks on me and, and my mind to be all messed up. I remember what it was to have all sorts of vile thoughts go through my head. Uh, amen. And then I remember what it was to come to the apostolic church and all of a sudden I felt something I'd never felt. I felt joy for the first time. I felt peace for the first time. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, it's the greatest thing ever given to a mortal. So we ought to share it with everybody. Man, this kingdom of God, his culture supersedes race, gender, skin tone, language, so on and so forth. It is a heavenly culture, and the world needs it. Amen. If you need it, your neighbor needs it. If you need it, your cousin needs it. If you need it, your spouse needs it. If, it's, if it works for you, it'll work for your brother. Hallelujah. If Jesus' name baptism worked for you, it'll work for everybody else too. Amen. This is why we've got to take the culture to them. Amen. This is why we don't shift our culture. This is why we dress the way we dress. We talk the way we talk. We live the way we live. It is to be a direct reflection of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Amen. People should look at you and say there's something different about you. Amen. If, if you talk just like everybody at your job talks, there might be something wrong. 
or they're all just great Christians. I don't know. If you dress like everybody else, if you live like everybody else, if you go in everywhere everybody else goes, amen, we might want to check the culture you're living under. Amen. It's time to have the kingdom culture. Amen. That's why, amen, people are, people are sick and tired of what the world's culture is offering them. This is why they drink. This is why they do drugs. This is why they're just trying to medicate themselves away because they are just trying to avoid life altogether. We need to show the world that whether we are in church or out of the church building, there's no better life than being apostolic. I, I just want to say that until somebody believes me. There is no greater life than being apostolic. There is no greater life than being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. There is no greater life than being baptized in Jesus' name and knowing all of my sins have been washed away. I am a new creation in Christ. There is no greater life than looking apostolic. There is no greater life than worshiping like an apostolic. There is no greater life. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Amen. If you are ashamed of being apostolic, you might want to go back and check your apostolic experience. I'm not ashamed to be apostolic. I'm not ashamed to tell them I go to Apostolic Revival Center. I'm not ashamed. Let me just put it this way. I'm not ashamed of your worship. I'm not ashamed of the way our ladies dress. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the way that our people pray and worship God. I'm not. I'll invite the governor. I'll invite the drug addict. I'll invite everybody because this is what our world needs. Listen, when you recognize how great and incredible this gift of salvation is, you'll share it with everybody. Amen. Listen, I love good food, and some of y'all foodies just like me and my wife, and when I find something good, I share it. I share it. I let everybody know. Amen. There's some folks, they only share it when it's bad food. They only share it. Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't. Let me tell you, that's not the culture of the kingdom. You, you got to share when you find something good. Amen. Man, we had good church on Sunday. Man, God healed. Sister Nikki got healed. Sister Jeanette got healed. Sister Wernley got healed five weeks ago. We ought to thank God. I heard a, I heard a joke one time, and it was definitely, it was definitely uh, in the southern United States because they don't happen up here. We're all happy. Uh, but he said, you'd always tell a Pentecostal when you're walking through the mall. And he said, why? Because they look like they sucked on a lemon for six months. I want to tell you, it, let it never be said. Well, oh, they're frowning. They must go to ARC. No, that's not the culture we propagate. We're excited to live for God. Sister Dixon gave me a great compliment. She said her dad noticed it at, at her mom's uh, going away ceremony. Uh, her dad said this. this is, he doesn't come to our church yet, but he will. Uh, he, if we can't get him to church, we'll get him the golf tournament. Praise God. But uh, he said, man, your pastor's always happy. I want to tell you, I'm not always happy. Let me just help you. I'm not always happy. I don't always want to get up and teach and preach. I don't always feel it. Amen. But I, 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 I quote the scripture. Paul said, I think myself happy. I when I consider how good God's been to me, I have, I have no right, amen, I have no right, to, amen, to frown and to be upset. I, I want to tell you, when I think of how much God's forgiven me, I have no right to be bitter at you. When I consider how good, can I just preach on a Wednesday night? Listen, we ought to be the happiest people this world's ever seen. I, I don't have a reason to be depressed. I, 
Lost my job, but God's still good. I'm sick in my body, but God's still a healer. I, I've got a reason to shout. I've got a reason to dance. Oh, somebody ought to do that for just a moment. You ought to shake off uh, all of those feelings. Uh, feelings are lying to you. Your heart is deceiving you. God has been good. Uh, God has been good. Put a smile on your face uh, and give God praise. Oh, let's do that. Let's give God some praise. I'll tell you what that stems from. That stems from the culture. Our actions stem from our culture. Our culture does not stem from our actions. Mission is what we do. Vision is what we see. But church culture is how our church feels. It goes down to the core. It is the atmosphere. It is the climate of our church as experienced by members and visitors. Amen. In fact, it is a culture that goes beyond the four walls that when people interact with you, they know something's different. I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost doesn't just make you speak in tongues. Amen. The Holy Ghost makes you a loving person. It makes you a kind person. It makes you a forgiving person. It makes you... It, it makes you a little more temperate, not temperamental. Hallelujah. It, it, it gives you a little extra grace and a little extra mercy. And when people see that, amen, they see something different about you, and they'll start asking questions. In fact, people across this building, I believe you've been living it so well that that's the reason people are talking to you. That's the reason they're asking you to pray for them. Amen. They want to know because there's something different about your culture. Amen. Culture's like an onion. Amen. It'll make you cry. No, I'm kidding. There's many layers. Every layer you peel back, you get down. But let me tell you what's at the center of that onion. The core of that onion is our values. It is, it is our why. Somebody put it best. If your why does not make you cry, it's not big enough. Let me help you here today. Why do you go to church? If you can't answer this, well, I just want to get out of hell, you got the wrong culture. That is not the culture as I, as I preach. That's not the culture the Bible's trying to declare. Let me tell you what our culture is, the why that should make everybody in this building cry. Our why is to please God first and foremost. I'm not trying to miss hell. I want to go to heaven because Jesus said he'll prepare a place for me there. And if that means if he's preparing a place for me there, I want to be where Jesus is because I love Jesus. And I Can I go back to the why? You live like a Christian and walk like a Christian and dress like a Christian and talk like a Christian because Jesus is so good and Jesus is so loving. And I want to please God. I want to make God happy. I want, a, I want a holy God to look down from heaven and say, that's my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I want to have a good coach. But the next why is this. Because we love God, because we want to please God, we want to reach the lost. If you miss that, you'll miss the whole culture. I want to please God. And what pleases God? It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He came to seek and save that which was lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. He left his throne in heaven because it pleased him, amen, to save you and me. 
And if it pleases God to save you and me, that means it'll please God if I reach out to my neighbor. That means it'll please God if I pull somebody off a bar stool. That means it'll please God. And, it, and, and let me help you here today. The reason we live the way we live, the reason we act the way we act, uh, the reason we worship the way we worship is not to get in with a council of churches. Uh, it's because we want to please God and we want to win people to God. So what is culture? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry through this. What makes a culture? First and foremost, culture is built, and God actually kind of instituted culture in Genesis chapter 11 when he divided the language. Because language is one of the first avenues of culture. Amen. This is why the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues. Amen. That we all have a shared language. Your first language might be Spanish or Tagalog. It might be English or Mandarin. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in a heavenly language. And whether or not I understand your native tongue, I can get with you on the fact that we both receive the Holy Ghost. That we both. This is what Paul's saying. Speak the same thing. Amen. He's saying your doctrine ought to line up. Amen. I want to tell you uh, that, that I might have some slight differences between some folks. Uh, amen. But, but we can agree on this. Uh, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We can, we can agree on the fact that there's one God. We can agree on the fact that there is only one way to be saved. And you must be born again of water and spirit. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, we can agree on this. And in the church... Let me just put it this way. Uh, now, thankfully, we don't have to deal with this. I know how it is. At times it happens, people come into the church, and they start spitting all sorts of weird doctrines. Let me help you here today. If you want to teach and propagate some weird doctrine, share it with me first. I sure would love to hear it. Because I've had it. I've had people try to say, oh, well, I've got a, you know, God gave me this revelation. They can't quote one verse, but God gave them a great revelation. I'll tell you, the Bible says, if any, if any man or angel preach any other gospel than that which we have preached unto you, let them be cursed. Well, you got to be tolerant. No, no, no. Let them be cursed. And some people, well, you know what? You try to get them to follow the doctrines of the Bible, but they want to talk about we should have church on Saturday. Well, praise God. And they let go of all the doctrines that are written down just to embrace one that's not written down. Amen. I want to tell you, in the church, I thank God we, we're just going to deal with this for future reference. Uh, amen. You hear somebody spouting off something other than which, that which I have preached, other than that which is written down in the Word of God. I don't care if Gabriel came down and slapped him upside the head with golden plates. You don't listen to him. I'll tell you why. Because that's not kingdom culture. Praise God. I could get off on a tangent and preach, but y'all got to go to work tomorrow. Praise God. Amen. We've got to speak the same thing. That means our lifestyle's got to match. Now, I've done my best to try and articulate the why behind we do this. But there comes a time where you just obey the what. The why is because of his mercy. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. The why is he's been so merciful. We might as well do it for God. It's the least we can do. But then it comes down to where we start living the what. Amen. We don't we don't oh, we don't go certain places. Amen. Well, show me the verse where it says uh, that I can't watch this and I can't go here. Okay, you show. I'll do it as soon as you can show me the verse that says don't smoke crack. Show me the verse that says don't do meth. It's not in the Bible, but I can show you the principle. 
And if I could show you the principle, we got to be a principle-based people. Our culture is not just based on black and white. We're based also in the principle of the scripture. And if the principle is there, I adhere to the principle of God's word. You know, everybody made fun of the apostolic church when we told women they should dress like women and men they should dress like men. That women shouldn't wear that which pertains to a man and men shouldn't wear that which pertains to women. But let me tell you what's happened in our modern culture. Amen. There's a lot of people right now that they don't know what they are. And I'm not here to bash you. Please understand my heart. I'm not here to bash anybody. But what I am saying is there's, there's a reason that as the church culture, we've got to live what the word of God says. Why? Because people are going to come in and they're going to come in all confused and they're going to say, I need to know what, what, what I should look like and where I should be. And, and they're going to look at you. They're not always going to look up to the platform at the pastor or, or my wife. Sometimes they're going to get close to you because you guys have some shared experiences. Uh, and if you aren't living it at home and if you aren't living it outside, they're going to get even more confused but if you live it all of a sudden we're speaking the same thing and now everything I'm preaching is being backed up by the pew and everything I'm speaking is being backed up on Monday and on Tuesday so our lifestyle how we live how we talk how we drift our biblical living everything we teach I try to teach everything from the word of God I, I try my best to tell you this is my opinion when it's my opinion I'll tell you this is my opinion but I try my best to speak the word of God, quote the word of God, so you know it's coming straight out of the book. And if you ever want to find out if it's in the book, open your Bible. <laughs> Amen. And you'll find it in there. But there comes a point where we got to speak the same thing. In order for us to have a church culture where other people can come in and be saved, all of us have got to speak the same thing. Because there's people right now that are on the fence that want to do it, but they're watching everybody else and they're not doing it. And I, I don't know why it is a herd mentality in our world, but uh, that's just how, the, how it is. Amen. But the moment you make it up in your mind, I'm going to be committed. All of a sudden, it helps somebody else to make it up in their mind that they're going to be committed. That's how a church grows. When we all buy into the culture and we all speak the same thing. The next thing is shared experience, amen, that builds culture. Salvation is a shared experience. We all know what it's like to go down underwater and come up a new creation. And if you don't, you're missing out on this culture. And you need to come into this culture, praise God. This is why we worship, because worship is a shared experience. Amen. If you, if you observe everybody worship, let me just put it this way. You cannot worship God online. You can watch online, but you can't worship online. I get it. Everybody, there's moments people have to do it. I get it. But 2020 was three years ago. <laughs> but but people, oh, I'm going to worship online. I'm like, no, you're going to watch online. Because worship, worship is done in a corporate setting. And worship is done when you gather together. And this is why Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Some got to the custom of skipping out. But I want to tell you, it's, it's not in our custom. It's not in our culture. It's. Because worship is a shared experience. And what we experience on Sunday, amen, where God was moving and God was healing, amen, I wonder how many people could have gotten healed and how many people could have gotten delivered, but they, they, they don't have the shared experience that we had. And you can tell them about it. You can try to explain it, but they, they have not been there. Amen. That's why it says taste and see that the Lord is good. It's got to be a shared experience. Amen. I had a great steak a little while ago. You'll never know what it tastes like because you weren't there. I've been in a great church service, but if you weren't there, you don't know. 
I've been in a powerful move of God, but if you weren't there, you don't know. If I've been in some powerful prayer meetings here at ARC, but if you weren't there, you don't know. Amen. Shared experience builds culture. This is why we come together. We gather together. Amen. It's not just so the pastor can check you off as you were there. Amen. Thank God I got other people that do that. Praise God. <laughs> I'd be really bad at that. Um, but, but really what it is, is is because when you come together as a collective, not only is God reaffirming to you what you should believe, not only is God reaffirming to you that he's there and that he's real, not only is he equipping you for the outside, but in the midst of that, he's building the culture. Amen. Finally, uh, the ethos. Everybody say ethos. Everybody look in that back wall. Hey, praise God. I, I prayed five years ago and I said, God, what, what is the ethic our church should, should stand by? What is our mission statement? And this is the threefold. Somebody said if you do it in sets of three, people remember it. So that's just how it works. Our ethics or our ethos, our core values, our core mission statement is number one, to pursue God. Amen. I'm going to break this down for just some, some folks. I've been meaning to do this for a while. Our next ethos is to build up people's lives. Notice how it doesn't say tear down. <laughs> Gossip about, beat down, break down, accuse, assault, destroy, defame. It's not in there. Build up. Amen. Finally, this is a place of connection. Amen. Well, I, I, I thought that they should have it, so I, I told them what thus saith the Lord, and I ran them out. Amen. That's not in the ethic or the ethos. Our mission statement of pursuing God, building lives, and connecting people is it should be, amen, at the heart of everything we do as a church organization. It is essential that our culture reflects and supports this mission. First and foremost, pursuing God is at the core of our mission. Before we do anything else, we should be seeking after Jesus. Before we, before we put on a slick program and we're going to put on the best program we do, our number one focus is to go after Jesus with all of our heart. So what does that mean? That means our culture here at Apostolic Revival Center should inspire and encourage people to deepen their relationship with God through prayer, through worship, through Bible study, through church attendance, amen, through cultural gatherings. I want to help us here today. When we pursue God, it should encourage other people to pursue God. We should prioritize seeking God's will in all that we do and being guided by his wisdom and in his grace. Amen. When you look at that ethos and you think about it, memorize it if you can. Amen. Because I'm trying to encapsulate as much of the Bible as I can into amen, three things that we really need to focus on. Amen. Number one, our focus is God. Number two, our focus is Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life more abundantly. Abundant life does us no good in eternal life. You don't, need it to, you don't need abundant life and eternal life. You need abundant life right now. And so the point of the church is that when people gather together, we are trying to develop people from their lives. We're trying to make their marriages better. We're trying to make their family better. We're trying to make their finances better. Well, I don't think the church needs to deal with all that. I'll tell you what, the church is a holistic approach to the, to the deliverance of man. The church is a holistic approach to the salvation of man. We don't just save souls. We save people from a life that's miserable. Oh, somebody got to give God praise. So building lives is a critical aspect of our church. Our culture should pri prioritize personal growth. Everybody say growth. Everybody say growth mindset. 
I'll teach, I'll teach on this at another time. But, you know, there's two things, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Amen. So many people come and they have got a fixed mindset. Well, I like it this way. This is the only way that should be done. I don't like changes. Well, in the kingdom culture, you got to get over it. Amen. I have to get over it. Not just you. We all have to get over it because the kingdom is ever expanding. He said the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, which means you can't ever plop down and say, well, I figured it all out. No, because God is always expanding and always going forward, which means I've got to keep growing. I've got to keep becoming. So personal growth and development, both spiritually and in our everyday lives, should be Amen. Focused on intentionally. We should strive to become the best versions of ourselves, growing in character, integrity, and kindness. We should support and encourage one another in this pursuit of personal growth. Somebody came to me a little while ago and said, Pastor, I really, I'm thinking about going and getting a certificate in counseling. What do you think? And I said, well, I don't even need to pray about it. You go better yourself. You go get that degree. You go improve your life. Amen. If it's going to lead you away from God, that's another story. But if you're looking at something that's going to help improve your life, and help improve the lives of somebody else and it fulfills number one pursuing God and it starts fulfilling pursuit number two finally connecting people is another critical aspect of our mission here at ARC amen some people say well what's the pastor's vision everybody comes up and preaches follow the pastor's vision that's ambiguous what does that mean I'm telling you right now what it means amen our culture should be welcoming inclusive now here I'm not saying we're not I believe we are. People come and say, this is a loving church. I hear that nonstop, and it gives me great joy. Amen. We, 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 we have got to continue to be welcoming, inclusive, and focus on building relationships. I'm not just trying to get people into the building. I want to get them into coffee. Uh, not, not, not to drink coffee, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get them out to coffee so I can talk to them about God. I'm trying to get them out to eat. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them connected to other people in the church because I, I, I got some Bible studies right now that I don't want them to only be connected to me. I don't want to be the only lifeline for them because uh, I don't have the hobbies they got, but you got the hobbies. I'm not really into motorcycles, fishing, or golf, but, but there's some folks who are into motorcycle, fishing, and golf, and, and, and they're going to come to you, and they're going to get connected. And the church is a beautiful place of intersection where we connect one with another, and all of this goes back to getting people out of this culture of this worldly kingdom and into the culture of God's kingdom to get them from death into life. But we've got to be people of connection. We're looking for opportunities to make connection. We've got to be intentional at creating opportunities for people to connect with one another, whether it's through small groups, volunteer activities, or other events. We must prioritize showing love and compassion to all that come through the doors and everybody we meet because we're trying to build a culture. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray? Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray all across this building. I'm just about finished here. Amen. Well, I've, I've got all these ideas. I've got all these things. Does it fulfill that ethos? Does it fulfill that ethos? Hallelujah. And this is really how we enact the culture. This is how we enact the culture. If you think about any activity, because, again, culture, every activity should stem from the culture. And what we have in the church is a collision of cultures. The culture that you were raised with, the culture of your national heritage, the culture of your gender. There's a cultural deal that everybody's got to deal with. But Paul said it's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. Because when you come in the kingdom, 
all of our cultural differences outside the kingdom have to be put to the side. That means my opinions and my preferences have to be put to the side for the greater common good. And so when we come into the kingdom, we come in even, if I could break it down, into this church. You might go to another church and they've got a different ethos. That's fine. Go for that. But if you come into this church, there's an ethos that we live by. Pursue God, build lives, and connect people. Everything goes back to those things. And any activity that starts to come out, you've got to line it up with that and say, does this fit the church vision? Well, I wanted to just go by and tell that new visitor uh, just that they did this wrong and they did that wrong, and I'm just going to let them have it. Does that fulfill the ethos? No. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this person that they want to go to church, but instead I'm going to skip church and we're going to go out fishing. Well, I'm connecting people, but you missed out on number one. You're not pursuing God. Well, I'm, well, and you could break this down to anything that, well, I've got this idea. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it, got to, it has to go back to this because if we don't speak the same thing, we'll be pulling in five different directions. But if we've got the same ethos and we start speaking the same thing, we can all head in the same direction. Well, let's go out on Sunday. Oh, no, brother, we got to go to church. What? Oh, absolutely. They come to church, and all of a sudden they meet up with somebody else and get connected, and the preacher preaches on something that's going to improve their life, and all of a sudden we fulfill the ethos, and the culture is propagated into that next person, and the church grows. I'm done right here. Culture is greater than activity. Activity says we have arrived, but culture says we are being and we are becoming. We are not trying to get to a destination let me help you this is the fixed mindset i just want to get there let's just hurry up and arrive i want to tell you the church culture is not an arrival culture it is not a fixed culture where we're just trying to arrive amen this is the danger of just wait until jesus shows up because we're we become a destination folks focused church where we're just trying to get out of here which means we are inactive until he shows up but that's not what Jesus said. He said, occupy until I come, which means take over until I come. The culture of the kingdom has got to move into every area. It's got to take over in every area. I've got to hurry. The path we take and who we are becoming on the journey is just as important as arriving at the destination. Amen. I, I want to tell you that the, the ends don't justify the means and vice versa. Amen. We are not just trying to have a church of 500 or 1,000. We are not just trying to get to 100 people in the building, 150 people in this building. We are trying to become the type of church where 500 or 1,000 would come to. I'm going to explain that. There is a big difference because how many times have we, whether you're from this church or from another church, have you hit some goal or, or, or line and all of a sudden the next week it's, it's back to where it was? I believe that's important. We should shoot for the stars, amen. But, but instead, if we focus on the culture, amen, and getting the culture right, amen, we won't have that rubber band effect where we get up and it comes right back down, where we hit the high and then we come back down to the low. Why? Because we're just making that steady increase, uh, amen, because we're becoming more like that place. We're becoming more. We're not just trying to arrive at that destination. Let me put it this way. There's so many people that want to go to a big church. Amen. But God's not calling us to go to a big church. God's calling us to become a big church. We're not supposed to go to a big church. I know people, well, I just move over here because they got it going on. Hey, I had one young man one time. He came to my home church. We had about 60, 75 of us. And he said, you ever been to this church? Man, it's a party. And I looked at him with all indignation because we've been fighting hell and trying to make it happen. I said, you ever started a party? 
You ever, well, that, that place is a bonfire. You ever started a fire? It doesn't happen right away. You just keep working at it, working at it, working at it, working at it. But eventually, you don't just get to where they got, but you got the experience of how to get there. And when you get the culture, you can duplicate the culture and reduplicate the culture. This involves constant course correction. We must be willing to change and adapt in the seasons of our church. If you are a fixed mindset that says, I want it the way it's always been, this may not be for you. Because God did not call the church to be us for and no more. It is going to keep growing and expanding. Here's the best part about it. As a pastor, I, I, I can pastor everybody and say, man, we need to be at 500. But the true story is I need to become a pastor that can pastor 500 people. The burden is not on the people. The burden's on the pastor. I've got to grow a little bit more. I've got to become a little bit better. And so let me talk to all the business owners that are out there that say, man, I just want to hurry up and pay off all my debts and pay off all my bills. I want to be a millionaire. The goal is not to make a million dollars. The goal is to become the type of person that makes a million dollars. Because if you get the culture right, everything precedes it. If you get the culture right, it, the, the outcome's already set. It's already fixed. You'll get there. If you set the GPS, as long as you're driving according to the GPS and the culture, you'll make it there. The goal of each marriage should not be to have a happy marriage. The goal is to become the type of spouse that creates a happy culture of marriage. Praise God. It's not just about reading the Bible through the year to get it done real quick. Well, I finished my bread program. I almost called it the crumb program. Praise God. We got some crumbs in the house, Lord. I didn't just finish my bread program so I can get a loaf of gluten-free bread. Praise God. No. What are we doing? We're trying to create a culture of people that read the Bible every day. We are not trying to have one big prayer meeting where everybody say, man, it's a praying church. We're trying to create a culture of people that pray. That's why we schedule prayer meetings. The activity is trying to create the culture. I got to shout it out. Uh, now I know there's other people that do it, but the Worldly's recently started a Monday night prayer meeting. Amen. Let me tell you, we don't have to have everything sanctioned by the church where it's a church event. Amen. If it fits the ethos, go for it. Amen. If it, in fact, my goal eventually is to have this church pray 24-7, 365 days. But, but if you're only waiting for the pastor to be there for you to pray, you're missing the ethos. You're missing the culture. It's one of those things that says we're trying to become a people that pray. The goal is not to have a thousand Bible studies taught. The goal is to have a culture of people that teach Bible studies. It's not a structured event. It's a culture. Let me help you understand where the church is going. We are shifting, church, from an event-driven Pentecost to a culture-based Pentecost. Hallelujah. Where it's not driven by a goal or an event. It's driven by a culture. It's driven by who we are. It's not driven by, well, we'll just get to the next thing. And listen, we're going to still do all sorts of stuff because that's part of our culture. Amen. It's not what we do, but who we are that defines what we do. Amen. It stems from who we are. Oh, let's stand and lift up our hands. And let's pray. God, we are creating a culture Amen. We are defining a culture here tonight. Amen. There's some people here today, you want to know what it takes to be successful. Amen. Go back to those ethos and say, God, help me to fulfill these. Come on, let's pray all across this building.
Come on, let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. Church, this sounds like revival to me. This sounds like church growth to me. Hallelujah. It's, it's under the surface. It's root-based. But this sounds like this sounds like that thousand-soul revival. But you know how it comes? Uh, amen. From everybody getting the culture of reaching one. Uh, amen. Everybody getting the culture of finding somebody. Luke 19 and 17. I'm done here. And he said to them, Well, thou good and faith, good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, thou shalt have authority over ten cities. Think about this principle Jesus told his church. That if you will personally be faithful with what God puts in your life, he will put you over cities. Because personally duplicating a culture will put you in a position to be able to create culture. Amen. There's people that in this building you feel like God is calling you to greater things. I want to tell you where it starts. It starts right here. And if you can get the culture right, God will trust you to create the culture somewhere else. Lift up your hands and let's pray. In fact, would you come down to this front? We're going to pray because I believe God has built such a great culture in this church and God's going to keep building a great culture. Amen. And it comes down to personal responsibility of every single one of us. I don't want a church that just, uh, that, just, that just has great altar calls. I want to have a culture of a church that goes to the altar. It's, it's, it's more about who we are. This is just what we do. This is just who we are. Amen. This is our identity. Amen. And everything we do stems from our identity. Come on, I don't go a certain places and I don't do certain things because my culture dictates I don't do that. But I go out and I do certain things and I go certain places and I pray certain prayers because the culture inside me dictates it. Would you come? Would you come? Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. Would you come and pray right now in the name of Jesus? God's going to develop a culture. He's going to build his church one brick at a time. He's going to build his church one soul at a time. He's going to build his church one member at a time. Give me that culture, God. Put that culture in me. God, I want what the pastor's teaching. I want what the pastor's preaching. I don't want to pull in a different direction. I want to speak the same thing. I want to pull in the same direction. Our chief cornerstone. No other foundation. Come on, right now. He's building culture in you. He's building culture in you. That's why you come on Wednesday night. That's why you come to prayer. That's why you come on Sunday. He's building a culture in you that'll be duplicated.
up from the dead. Let captivity captive. It is finished. He gave us the Yeah. 
begin to pray for him. ARC, God has called us to Carson City for such a time as this. Let's all pull the same direction. Let's all speak the same thing. Let's all keep the right spirit. Let's all keep pressing for revival. Let's all keep pressing for, for God to bless and God to help and God to heal. Let's keep moving forward into that. It is no coincidence to me that many people in this church came from other churches and other cities and other states. I know some people think that's a coincidence, but I believe each individual God has handpicked you for such a time as this. The unique talents, giftings, and abilities that God has got from each of us, He wants to use them. Here's the key. We cannot come to this church and try to make it where we came from. A different church, different city. But we can bring the best. The best that we all have to offer and put our best into it. If you come from a church that was so rigid and strict, but they were judgmental and all that stuff. Don't bring the judgmental part. But you know that rigid, structured, man, we could use some of that in Nevada. Let me say that again. We could use some of that in Nevada. Y'all haven't lived here long enough. Praise God. If you come from a church that praised God and worshiped exuberantly, but they, uh, they didn't quite dress right. Don't bring that mess. Don't contradict my teaching or preaching. But please bring your praise. If you come from a church that was sacrificially given and just given to missions and all of that, but it, 
it fell apart eventually. Don't, don't bring your angst that it fell apart because it's a new day, it's a new church, it's a new season. Bring your giving, bring your sacrifice, bring, bring the best. Everybody bringing their best. Listen, I, I come from a great church. I, I tend to think it's one of the best churches in the world. But there's no way I can do what they've done because I'm not him. But man, working together, we can create something even better. Better for itself. But you know, how do we do that, Pastor? We align ourselves to the vision and the culture that I talked about tonight. And we all pull the same direction. Listen, you know what that means? And I've had to do it. Maybe you've not noticed it. I've had to let my opinion go sometimes. Now, as the pastor, I have to be the one with the ultimate opinion. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. We can't have 50 opinions. You can bring your opinion. We'll talk. We'll discuss it. But this is not a democracy. We don't vote on it. Eventually, there's got to be somebody that's pushing and leading the head that's got the spear point and saying, we're going this direction. Well, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. That's fine for you. But if you're going to pull with me, we're going this direction. Well, I wish we went this way. Brother, listen, if, if the pack of dogs is pulling this way and you pull that way, you're going to get choked out. And I'm going to tell you, the Huskies are going that way. Malto is going that way. We're, we're, going, we're going all the way. Amen. Let me just help you here today. Stop fighting and resisting. Now, I don't know who I'm speaking to. I think I'm talking to everybody who loves me. I just assume everybody loves me. I don't know. I just think everybody loves me. Praise God. You know, there's some folks, stop fighting and resisting. Well, I don't like it. I don't know. You know what would happen if you just gave in for a minute and just came the same direction? Man, church would be, whew, feel something. Man, I'm excited. Church ain't boring no more. People aren't against me anymore. Everybody's for me now. What changed? Your direction. And you know, I've seen over the last five years, you know, it, it's, there's always a battle of will. I'm just pastoring and talking. There's always a battle of will. You don't know me. I don't know you. You don't know my wife. She don't know you. It, it, it's, there's always a battle of that. But after a little while, you start to recognize patterns. People love. People care. People work. People try. We all start pulling in the same direction. And it takes a few more. They start pulling in the same direction. And a couple more start pulling in the same direction. And church is a little more exciting. Church gets a little more powerful. You know what happens when everybody gets on board? Let me tell you, there's, there is nothing to stop. I look forward. Let me, just, let me just say this. This is kind of where I'm going with all this. We want a building, right? We want, I, I want a building. We're, we're, we're sacrificing for it. We're giving towards it. I, I can't tell you why the economy crashed. I can't tell you why nothing's opened up yet. But I can tell you this, that a building won't change nothing. We'll just change address. If we're waiting for the goal that we get there and everything's different, let me tell you, the problems you have in here, you're going to have over there. And the idiosyncrasies we got here, we're going to have over there. And, and the, the strife we got in here, we're going to have over there. But if we become a people that are growing, if we fill up this building and become a people that can fill up this building, then that means that we've got a culture that says no matter where you put us, we're going to fill it up. If we can have unity when we're close quarters in here, 
I promise you when God gives us a little more space and we're not bumping shoulders and, and people don't have a room to sit when we're having food, let me tell you, amen, when God finally opens up the door, we've become a people with a culture that says we'll do it there and we'll do it anywhere. But I want to tell you, when God opens up the door, it's going to be that much more glorious. It's going to be that much more powerful. So what do you say? We focus on being the church, uh, amen, that would inhabit a bigger space. Uh, what do you say we become the church that can fill up any building? Uh, what do you say we become the church that can unify under any circumstance? Uh, what do you say we become the cultural church uh, that can be it anywhere? Would you lift up your hands as we worship the Lord one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and magnify him. Come on, I want to be the pastor that can work with 300 people. I want to become the saint that can go to church with 300 other people. I want to be the person that has a Bible study in my home, whether there's 10 people or 100. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the culture you're developing. You've handpicked every individual in this church, and I thank you for them. I pray God help us to speak the same thing, to have the same culture, and to walk and pull in the same direction for the glory of your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's pull forward in Jesus' name.